0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Play on K with Emily and Raquel. And this week we are back with episodes five through eight of W. <laughs> so Let's just jump into episode five. Yeah, get started. So that one opens up because he's just entered the real world. He's out of the comic book world now. Uh, If you're behind right now, if you're already behind, we suggest you watch the show and also listen to episodes one through four, or this is going to be a lot to handle. Yeah, listen to our first episode. And watch the show, please, because we're going to talk through it all, so hopefully that's not spoilery for you. Yeah. It'll be more enjoyable if you watch the show first. Yeah. So, yeah, he comes into the real world, and of course it immediately starts raining, as it does in intense moments. And he's still wearing his beautiful black suit that looks like he doesn't have (laughs) a shirt on underneath. (laughs) The low cut. He has to wear it. Forever. Yeah, cause he it's not like he's got a change of clothes in the real world, so he just lives in that suit that they've for put a him long in. Time. I feel like he always ends up in the most like whenever he has an outfit for a particularly long time for some reason, it's one we can zero in on and pick on because mm-hmm. he wears other stuff that it, that we don't pick apart, but he just happens to spend the most time in outfits that, that have something weird about them. Yeah, and we can't not comment so he goes into the real world and enters a bookstore and starts (laughs) reading all of his his comic books that he features in which is so cringy for Raquel and I yeah just watching him rip open rip the plastic off of these comic books and disregard them he says he paid for them in a later scene yeah and we didn't We didn't catch that the first time through, and so when we were watching it again, we were kind of freaking out, because he is, yeah, he's just, like, piling them up on top of the display, and he continues to open them and tear them apart, and I did not remember him paying for them. There's no scene that shows him paying for them, or even leaving the stand where he's opening them all. Right. Because he just sits down and cries until they kick him out. And, yeah, when they kick him out, he says, no, he doesn't need the books, He's familiar with the story. Yeah, it sounds like he just read them all and now he's familiar with them so he doesn't want to buy them, which is what some someone that just robbed a Barnes & Noble would say, I guess. And yeah, as he's going through these books about himself, you kind of get more of an insight into his training, and how he became the person, the arrogant person he is today. And you see a cooler side of him where he's beating up criminals, but it's not something that's dwelled upon. It's just part of the W aspect of the show, where he starts this company that hates criminals and... His he fights for to, justice and tries to find who's killing his family. Yeah. Or who killed his killed family. Killed his family. Continually Continu- killing, his family. killing his family. Always <laughs> killing his family over and over again. I mean, with all of the flashbacks, it feels like they're just being <laughs> continuously murdered <laughs> all the time. But he kind of loses his mind, which is totally acceptable, except that Yunju is sucked into a comic book world and has so much more composure than when he is put in the real world. Yeah and for a minute I was very bothered by that. I kind of wanted to be like pull yourself together. People are starting to notice you're crazy. <laughs> but I then remembered that when she goes into the comic book world she has not shown that her Existence is a fabrication. That's true. She's shown another dimension, which is pretty shocking. Freaky, yeah. yeah, quite shocking. But still, he sits in whatever bookstore he's in for quite a long time until he goes to the hospital. Yeah, and he just finds her as and and she's prepping for surgery. Yeah, she's, she like, drops everything. And yeah, she's ready. She's ready for surgery, and then doesn't seem to care anymore because he's there and. That is the beginning of her disregarding her career. It's a really frustrating downhill slide to watch her not care about being a doctor anymore. Yeah, because I I think I have always really enjoyed the fact that she's a strong doctor. She's She's studied hard, she's intelligent, and she's put her all into this field. And from all, I guess, from what we can see about her, she has enjoyed being a doctor up until this point. Maybe not the best doctor in the whole world, but she has enjoyed it. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter to her. Not at all, because Kang Chul is now here. So whatever. That's a thing. That's super frustrating. And then they kiss, like, every episode. This is the first kiss where i think it's mutually reciprocated though mm-hmm. and it's not just someone awkwardly standing there receiving a kiss that's true and the other giving it their all <laughs> yeah they both try yeah. but it kang Chol says it's a farewell kiss so it's also well he says it's a farewell kiss and she's like how about it's not and you just stay here and wait for me just and expects that, that to happen like king chul ever listens to anybody yeah i don't know why she assumed surgery would only take about 40 minutes as well i don't know what surgery it was but she's a cardiac surgeon and maybe it only takes 40 minutes but he's not gonna sit outside in the cold dark he obviously soul. has some stuff to do yes yeah. so he's on a mission so he leaves and she gets chewed out by Mad Dog in the most uncomfortable conversation that's ever happened. She is not the doctor you want her to be, and then things just keep sliding. really, Yeah, because the conversation is about how ridiculous he, as a fan, finds this new character that is her in the comic book and how it doesn't make sense for the storyline. Which, Mad Dog's burns in this conversation are... So good Sick burns Yeah, he he calls the character a cesspool woman (laughs) And says that their relationship is just a flirtation love That has no substance to it And it doesn't matter And it kind of brings to light a couple problems In that, I mean, I think she has her own points to make in that conversation Though he is much more aggressive, I guess He's much more insulting Yeah I'd say He cuts deep Yeah he goes for the jugular, but she kind of talks about how why does it have to be a certain set person that you fall in love with, And that's fair. right. But he also makes the point that Sohui has been there for King troll his whole life. right. Why wouldn't he somehow develop feelings? He knows her, which, as a reader makes so much sense as a reader of this comic series, you're like, yeah, th- those are the two leads. Those are the people that would fall for each other, right. And I think that it's not the first time we analyzed it, because we've seen the show before, but I think that's the first moment that it kind of forces you to analyze, are the two leads really meant to be together? Is that actually going to be what is best for them? Which we constantly decide that it's not what's best for them. Right, it becomes what's best for them. Right, and it's a a K-drama, so the male and female lead end up together, and we know that. And we want it. Yeah. But it's also hard to want it because up until this point it doesn't make a lot of sense and there's for me at least yeah there's just other people where she Youngju could end up with Sukbom I think is the male doctor yeah, and he's I really so like cute. him he is and he's such a human being compared to King Chol. And King Chol could end up with Sohui, and that's fine. Yeah. The, their lives could carry on. But that's the whole conversation, I suppose, like you brought up, is you also, as a viewer, analyzing and saying, yeah, that's not always how love works, even though it would be very convenient for them to fall in love with other people. Right. It's pretty cute that they end up together. Except that, immediately, Yeonju says something like, Kang Chou loves me! Oh... Two mad dogs. Who obviously has no idea that she's going into the comic book and being this character. So it sounds so cringy. It's sad and and desperate. And 14 year old fantasy child. Which he immediately points out, like, you sound like my 8th grade daughter. You're being the creepiest creep. Are you gonna start a creepy adult fan club? Because Mm -hmm. I've got a bunch of 8th grade girls that would join it. (laughs) My daughter and all her friends would love to be in that weird club of yours. And since you're obsessed with a comic book character. Once again, properly, properly cruel, but also it makes sense. She sounds unstable, just completely unhinged. Yeah, she sounds too much. So you have to cringe through that situation (sighs) and and just ride through it. Just hold on. And I think maybe there's some humor to be had in it. Maybe some other people were able to laugh their way through it, but I died. I couldn't. I couldn't so do anything. I couldn't. I was frozen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think it moves to King and what he's up to. Yeah. Which gets intense. It's a quick change of pace. Yes. He goes to see Sung Moo, the author, and confront him about his existence and how he's lived the worst life possible, all for entertainment, but also finds out the bonus information that Yeonju is the author's daughter. Yes! Finds out that and realizes that Yeonju was not the first person that he dragged into the comic book world. Yeah. It was Sung and Sung decided no, I don't want to be just a comic book character murderer. I want to be a real life murderer. I can see you're a human here, so why don't I stab you once more? Why not? Which is brutal and disturbing on so many levels. Yeah. Until Kang Chol is like, how about no more stabbing of Kang Chol today? <laughs> and he stabs Sung Mu back. And that's how you find out that King Chol claims to know that some people can't be hurt, like maybe going around shooting people. Right, and maybe that at that moment you're supposed to accept that he knew what he was doing when he shot her, but I still feel like maybe you're 90% sure. Maybe you are 99% sure that that person isn't going to die. I don't think you should bank on it. I just don't. You should not have shot Yunju, and you've never apologized for it. So, anyways, he stabs Sunmu, and um, Sunmu is not affected. Yeah, even his clothes. He kind of freaks out a little bit. That's true. But I think he expected to be stabbed. Mm -hmm. So we all we all expected him to be stabbed but I kind of wanted him to be stabbed yeah, because I hate him. It's a bit of a hope yeah. at this point because he is, he, uh, he's had a rough time for sure but also I just don't feel like you should feel okay about murdering people even if you think you've created them. Right, you've, especially just that real world people where you're sucked into the comic and you see this person looks alive. Now. Right. Even if you drew them being stabbed in the back three times by some unnamed assassin, one Once you're pulled in by him, you have to turn around and be like, I made a mistake. Let me get you a doctor. Right. So yeah, you learn a lot of stuff about the past and Xiong Mu and where he's willing to go with... What kind of a monster he is? Yeah. And then it kind of goes back to the room and it's King Chol trying to get a grasp on the fact that this man who created him is willing to murder his family and is willing to murder him and even knowing that all of them now are real doesn't seem to regret anything it seems like he's trying to get something like an apology out of Sungwoo right some kind of remorse yeah understandably he's had a miserable life and he just found out this man made it happen was a part of every part of the misery and doesn't seem to regret any of it no Song just keeps on pushing Kangcho's buttons and saying you're not a person I don't even care alright kids here's the thing don't push the buttons of someone who has an unstable condition and is holding a gun just putting it out there yeah, just some everyday common sense yeah I guess when you haven't had experience with many people with guns, or you have the confidence of Seongmu, Mu where you created a person and now he's alive, maybe you just don't think anything bad will happen and you just want to keep pushing those buttons. Right. We're going to recommend against it, though. Please don't. Don't do that. So, as one would expect, Xiangmu goes too far. And he, he keeps pushing. I think something that kind of amazes me is all King Chul wants is to know who killed his family. All he mm-hmm. wants is to know where this story was going. And then Xiangmu immediately says, I don't know. There's no one. It wasn't a person. Which, as Raquel was pointing out while we were watching it, he seems to not only be a bad person, but at this point, a bad storyteller. Where, obviously, King Chul was wasn't supposed to get any leads and there wasn't- he didn't ever intend to end the comic with King Chul finding the suspect. And to me that's just insane simply because he made it a part of the story for so long because that is King Chul's whole motivation in his entire life and it is the reason he does what he does and the reason he became who he became. And if you don't want it to be part of the story continually, I just feel like you wrap it up early on and then have that be the reason he started fighting crime but maybe 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 not the reason he continues to fight crime. Right, but instead of writing it off at all, he just doesn't finish it. He leaves, which I wasn't so bothered that he said to Kang Chol that there's no there's no suspect. I haven't made one up. There never was one, but it's bothersome to the readers when there's everyone apparently in at least Seoul is reading this comment. Right. It is not the writers of W, but it is it is hard right. to swallow when you put yourself in the position of if you if you are emerge in the story and you are trying to kind of think about like really you didn't know yeah you didn't know how you've getting. been following. King Chul's story for years and you're reading this webcomic and And you have millions of dedicated readers and none of them are ever supposed to know who murdered King Chul's family. I don't know. It's dumb. And then he literally can't come up with something at gunpoint. Like if you held a gun to his head, he would not be able to write a good story. He would not be able to say let's come up with something together. I haven't thought of something yet but now that you want it finished, I know how to kill you. That's all you want before you die right so I'll do it if you'll die even and that's all King Troll is really requesting he's not trying to be like a huge well he's he's being an antagonist to some extent right but he's not trying to be a villain here he just wants to know why who made his life miserable besides you know the author and the author can't come up with a single name not one name can't even make someone up and be like there was no hints toward it I never gave you hints but it was this person Mm -hmm. like I've always thought Maybe it was the bodyguard. I don't know. Come (laughs) up with one person. Anything. And yeah, nothing. We thought second dad would be a really good choice. Yeah. Because we love him so much that so you would never see it coming. Yep, he'd just be devastated. you would be like, no, You're he was another father dad. to him. But yeah, Oh Sung is not a good enough storyteller to guess even one person. And then just as he's able to kind of break away from the conversation and walk away, for some reason, Sung Moo decides to say, I knew you wouldn't shoot me. And that's just the kind of arrogance that's asking for To be it. shot. That is yes. That that's is. the kind of person we all want to shoot. Yep. Yeah. Would we do it? I don't know. But but King Cho would. So yeah. that's what happens. Yeah, he gets shot. And that's something I wanted to ask you, Emily, but also our viewers, listeners, if you guys have an opinion on whether or not you think Xiang got what he deserved, let us know. Yeah, I think he did. I kind of do too. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because a minute ago we were like, "You don't kill a human. You don't." Right. <laughs> you don't murder people giant hypocrites. <laughs> like even driving down the street i'm like i would shoot them <laughs> It's so hard being a driver in southern Utah. Yeah. You can't handle it. We experience the similar, that similar rage that King Chul was pushed to every day, so <laughs> we can sympathize. <laughs> so we understand. <laughs> we we snap as well. But anyways, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Do you Are you understanding? Because I do. I do understand Sung Moo's point of view where he says, King Chul isn't real. I have to understand. I have to keep telling myself he's not real. Yeah. And... Right now, he's being too crazy to be let free, so I'm gonna kill him off. Yeah, we can't let this thing that never had a will before all of a sudden have all this will and just release him on the world. Mm-hmm. So so it's almost understandable, but that's not his choice anymore. Nope. So, yeah, I think he, he got what he deserved. It wasn't his choice anymore. And he was being a real brat about it. Yeah, that whole conversation. It's almost, he was bringing you around to his point of view, and then he had to just be unbelievably superior about Mm. the whole situation. And at that point, I was fine with 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 him being shot. Yeah, he literally asked for it. So yeah, that's where episode 5 ends. And episode 6 begins, just moments later. Yeah, because obviously, uh, though we didn't mention it, Yeonju is listening to the entire conversation. Through her father's cell phone Which was He called her But yeah. then dropped the phone And so she's in a panic Because she just heard her father get shot mm-hmm. And for once in her freaking life She learns how to run Yeah, she runs so well Apparently she can learn how to run But she can't master not shaking someone with severe injuries As a doctor She has to t- give one thing To get something else and he's So she got running And she, she gave up doctoring <laughs> And she, he's received treatment. There and she things. begins shaking him violently. People continually ask her to leave, but nobody takes her off of her dying father as she grabs his shoulders and, and shouts. Oh, and man. then he receives CPR in, in the ambulance, and she continually shakes him as well. Removes, him, removes no. the person trying to perform CPR. That's what it is. And he's like, here, I'm really good at CPR. <laughs> Let me take a shot. Check this out. Oh, man. So she, she stops shaking him for just a second just long enough to give him CPR and subong is so hilarious he's having a meltdown inconsolable which Raquel was pointing out is very inappropriate on the scene yeah it's kind of Super... like if you can't hold yourself together get I don't out of here. I don't think it's helping to be loudly sobbing <laughs> in the <laughs> corner you should wait till you get to the hospital to fall apart gain some composure i understand that it's an unbelievably stressful situation But hold it together for a moment For one freaking minute But they get to the hospital and Mad Dog Comes back and shows Why he is the boss Yes he's so cool I was in awe as he took over The situation he just assessed Things very quickly and He was speaking so calmly And clearly that he forced everybody else To do the same and he You're so used to him just being this Just walking into the room and shouting About why things are going wrong in the comic book. Just mm-hmm. uh, just kind of an overall irrational, melodramatic, hilarious character. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's this extremely competent, cool, in-charge doctor. It, it is amazing. It's so cool. It gives you a new level of respect for him as a character, and you can see why they all feared him to begin with, because he is just that good. Yeah. And so they kick her out of the surgery room, because some, for some reason Oh Yeonju thinks she can do surgery on her own father, and immediately starts crying into his wounds. <laughs> so you kind of wonder at this point, while she's sobbing, how she ever is going to end up with King Chul. How do you, how do you go back to the man that shot your father? How do you resolve those feelings? But give it 20 minutes and I guess we're all good. She'll come back to it. But yeah, meanwhile, while everything is going wrong in her life, thanks to Kang Chul, he is having his own meltdown. So he jumps off a bridge into the Han River and commits suicide. And they find out the editor calls Yunju and she reads the newest comic that has been updated after her father was shot. So it's kind of this mystery chapter. But it says the end. Like Kang Chul is officially dead this time and he was able to end it himself Mm -hmm. which I think is respectable uh, yeah and this being the sixth episode and us all knowing that there's no way that's the end Mm -hmm. if it was if we took a step back and saw that it would be really interesting writing because it's the one thing he had control over in the end again really good ending for his character in the K-drama but not as a reader of the comic book Nope, and there is mass panic throughout korea epidemic of tears there's just people there's buildings filled with people who are not taking the news well yeah so they yeah they end up publishing this this chapter and it's the worst ending that they could have come up with after i guess weeks of publishing these random chapters where he's coming to he's talking to oh and going in and out of the comic book it's to me being a fan of web comics it is the worst web comic at this point. Right. If you put yourself in the shoes of these readers who have been following this webcomic for years, completely dedicated to it for years, and all of a sudden the past couple of months, it's gone completely out of control weird. A completely new storyline with a new character who doesn't seem to fit into the actual plot at Mm -hmm. all. And then all of a sudden he figures everything out about him being a comic book, and that's a new level of what? And then he kills himself. So hopefully Hopefully this is one of the last times we complain about this because we should probably just stop. Right. And, and it doesn't matter what the readers of the comic book are experiencing. For some reason we just try and empathize with them so much. Yeah. We're like, how about these past tertiary characters get our attention? Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry if we go on for too long about the readers of the webcomic being disappointed about the content <laughs> because the K-drama itself is so good that the webcomic within it has to be bad. Yeah. Wouldn't make sense if somehow it was still a great webcomic. Mm-hmm. So that ends for a minute, and there's mass panic, and they cover up Kang Chul shooting Song Lu with a suicide attempt. Yeah, and overall, I'd say Yeonju handles the situation as well as she possibly can. Mm-hmm. Having the crisis of her dad being ill, mm-hmm. and having to be the only person with insight, aside from Subong, with insight into what happened, mm-hmm. and having to deal with the fallout in all realms, including this friend she's made throwing himself off of the bridge. Because of her revealing that his world is a lie. Yeah. So she handles it gracefully. Yes. Obviously she's not happy with how things have played out, but she does her level best, and I think her level best is great. She does respectably respectably well at, at covering up what happened, and kind of goes back to regular life it kind of jumps to two months later. It's kind of interesting because she has this talk with the editors of the comic and she says something that I guess is perfect to describe where her headspace is because she's trying to come to terms with everything and they're trying to get a sequel out of it. And right. she just kind of says, don't invest your feelings in it. It's just a comic. You'll forget about it soon. And that's a little devastating to hear coming from her because she's obviously not completely happy, but she's she's working at it. She's trying so So hard to get back to normal and she does it so quickly that you know that she's just trying her best and it's so sad. Yeah, you really feel for her Mm because it's a hard situation. And then life is starting to get back to normal and she goes on the weirdest blind date situation. Alright, so let us know if it's normal for a mentor slash professor slash boss to To set set you up on blind dates? Yeah, maybe in other people's world, maybe in other people's cultures. For me... I cannot begin to imagine it. Sounds so uncomfortable. Horrifying. (laughs) And he goes with her and sits with her. At her blind date. And And it sounds like they've done it plenty of times before. Yep. He sits there and builds up this awkward date who, I mean, obviously going into this, it's a humorous moment. He's going to be a complete skis. But what's the point? Like, kind of Raquel mentioned there's this handsome guy walking down the stairs and she looks up and there's kind of hope in her eyes, which makes you feel so warm knowing that she's getting over this comic book character who is never real, and maybe she's got a chance at a normal life, and they're like, let's go for the comedy and ruin it. Here we go. And this just geeky-looking guy comes down in this silly suit and immediately says, you are exactly my ideal type, which is the creepiest thing you can say, when she hasn't said a single word. Right? It's not like, wow, you are such an intelligent, funny... I Your sense of humor is spot on. Mm-hmm. And... You're my ideal type. Yeah. No, just looks at her. Pretty much like saying, Look at you. You will be a beautiful piece of arm candy. Ugh. And that's all I really wanted. Mm-hmm. So he's a creep, and for some reason she's on this date with this rando and her professor. And... It is a nice change of pace, though. Because mm-hmm. things have been up to this point through the whole episode tense as hell. Yeah. And so it's kind of a lighthearted moment. We needed it. We needed to recalibrate. I think even a better part is she goes to the bathroom to call her co-worker, Suttbom, and say, this blind date is horrible. What Please save happening? me and give me better blind dates next month. That's your job now. That's so. your job. Yeah, that's my favorite part. It's just her getting away from the date. Yeah, finally, e- escaping it and then proving that she has friends mm-hmm. outside of comic books. That's pretty cool. But then she immediately gets drawn right back into it. Yeah. Can't escape for long. It's so cool though. Yeah. She just gets sucked underwater and her beautiful mermaid hair trails behind her <laughs> as she tries to save Kung Which we're talking about in that scene, it's so intense and you want her so badly to just grab him and be able to drag him back to the surface. But if you'd had to read that in a comic, I guess I can't let that go from right. the reader's perspective. <laughs> putting if that yung continued right back in and then all of a sudden this character who when she came in. Start- everyone hated her started to ruin it everything and now she's back and she saves him again it's like all right will you stop this author needs to stop with his daughter out of control he keeps writing his daughter in and somehow she's just in the river and saves him so it's it's for the best that she isn't able to save him it's kind of sad but it forces her to go find subong again and you see his new workplace (laughs) Which is hilarious. That's an even better comic relief, I think. Because you're not cringing all the way through it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not exactly comfortable because he's trying to convince her what good art is, and Mm -hmm. she's not having it. His new boss is oh, so funny and knows exactly best. what she wants from her terrifying anime comics. And points for confidence. Yeah. There. Point, I mean, also points for knowing what her readers want. Like, right. She's not like, I hired a new employee and he's going to change it to make them look more realistic because that's his skill. It's like, uh, she's probably been doing it for a while. Who knows how big her reader base is, but obviously she's staying loyal to them and mm-hmm. kudos. Yeah. So it, I think the funniest part is that he has adapted really well for some reason where he's at first arguing with his new boss about the the art style but when Yeonju shows up Subong gets up and he's wearing this pink sweatsuit oh my god it's like he's dressing for the job he's so dressing for the job he (laughs) has decided to fit in right away i guess he looks fantastic there's nothing more counterintuitive than a sweatsuit that is short sleeved and shorts Mm -hmm. in summer (laughs) i i guess i don't make sweatsuits yeah so and i coming back to it I'm not fashionable, so right. maybe he's killing it. But I think <laughs> it's hilarious and I love it. And I think that's the first time you find out that Subong's glasses are fake. Yep. I I wrote that down we because I was so down. shocked. Because it's so funny. Oh man. And it's not going back and re-watching it. It's not like they keep it a secret. You can't see lenses in there, obviously. Mm-hmm. We could have caught on much earlier. But I guess I wasn't looking for it. No. And so all of a sudden he's putting his fingers, like, stressed out, putting his fingers to his eyes just, through the glasses. Yeah. And it's it's jarring and hilarious because I'm just like, they're not even They're not even way of them all the time (laughs) So good She goes and gets him Because she's trying to figure out a way to save King Joel Oh yeah 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 So what I was going to say is At that point he starts to make her ramen And she is kind of zoned out So he comes back and he has a realization And says Don't you remember? Your dad told me something Don't you remember? It's a secret And she's like What? And it immediately transitions to her being in prison And the only place she was in prison was in the comment and it's just such a weird transition it's a good ending to the episode yeah but it's mid-sentence for Subong and you don't find out what he was talking about until the next episode I didn't like the end of this one and suddenly it's the only time that she goes between worlds and doesn't keep her clothes she changed back into the prison outfit I didn't get that I'm I'm fine with it yeah I guess we can just let it slide so that's a thing and that's where episode Episode six ended. Yeah, a little confusing. It leaves the viewers a little wanting. Mm-hmm. It's like a cliffhanger, but a cliffhanger you're not, not happy about. Yeah, you're not like what's happened, like what's going to happen. You're like what just happened. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it starts episode seven by saying finishing Subong's sentence and revealing that Oh Yeonju is the one that created Kang Interesting. It's supposed to be exciting. I want to know. Here's another moment where I'd really like to hear some input. Mm -hmm. Emily, do you like that that is a thing. that she I don't. Me neither. I'm like so glad we agree. I'm fact- <laughs> so glad we always agree on everything. Every single time. I enjoy the fact that it leads her to being able to draw him and she's the one that saves him without having to contact her father and get that mess started. But it's so deeply creepy. Yep. It takes you pretty hardcore into the realm of she's just a fangirl who created this fantasy human and Now he's a real live Ken doll for her. Yeah, that she just gets to play with. And this is her thing. He is hers. He is literally hers. It's It's... not my favorite aspect. Yeah, so it it goes back to that conversation about like, what is love and where does it come from? And just adds a really creepy undertone. Sometimes love comes from you make a drawing and then it comes to life. When you're 14. When you're 14. Then it comes to life and you're both adults and now you're in love. Yeah, like this was your idea. Ideal man in childhood. But also, this is your ideal man that you made up. Yeah. It doesn't sit well. But I'd be willing to hear a great argument for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's romantic. Yeah. Somehow. Let, let us know yeah. if it truly is. I'd like to hear like a solid plea, because it, it's... Um, it gives me an uneasy feeling mm-hmm. like I said it lends to the fact that Oh Yeonju can draw and can draw King Chol and she begins to draw him being saved from the Han River which leads to Su Bong straight up laughing at her drawing I think the best part is he walks in and he's like listen I know that not everyone has been doing this for as many years as I have it starts out with him saying oh I can't draw it like your dad can that would be crazy he's so Talented why don't you try drawing it like Him and then he walks in and yeah Says maybe like maybe you Can't it's really hard I Understand if this is an impossible Ask of you finishes with Laughing at her (laughs) (laughs) It's so irritating I know I'm like I just feel like you can't judge people's attempts to save other humans mm-hmm. like that. Just be like, bahaha, that's terrible. Like she's she's saving a life here, and you're not helping very much. <laughs> Go draw your police boat, please. In another room, and that's her. She successfully draws it, I'd say, and shows up back in the comic in her prison, happy in jail. Oh my god, <laughs> ew, so creepy. The guards find her, and she just starts smiling like the biggest just maniac. Maniacally grinning, Harley Quinn over here just super stoked to be back in prison where she belongs. And I think it's that night that she's in the prison cell and says, "This is like the best night of my life." <laughs> it's really yeah. sad. Well, it's after she talks to him that that happens. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm, and then like it. they they start to have some real talk, which she needs. She needed some real talk. So it's good that King Chol, who after he wakes up and realizes he's not dead is guy. not entirely thrilled mm-hmm. with being not dead. Which blows her mind. She was. <gasps> She's just here to save him again, and he maybe didn't want it, and that's what suicide is. Yeah, and it's. I mean, we'll set aside the moral dilemma of suicide. Yeah, we'll we'll just put that aside, and we'll look straight at mental health. And so maybe you save someone who's trying to commit suicide, and then you're really proud of yourself to their face, but they're still in the men- They're still in the headspace where they didn't want to. Live and it's super when she sees him again, she is immediately all up in his grill of like, Didn't I do a good job? Aren't I the best? Look at we can live our lives together now we can have a romance. And he is reeling. And it's a really weird conversation for her to force on him mm-hmm. at this point. It's like when she wakes up in the prison and immediately smiles like a maniac. It's just eerie to watch yeah. her be so excited when he's in such a hard place. Yeah. So that's the weirdest scene. And then it kind of it moves on from there for a minute. Neither of them quite knows how to deal with what's going on. They spend hours apart. Yeah. And then he comes back to the prison in the morning and they have the conversation that we titled the conversation of who can make it more about (laughs) themselves because they keep going back and forth where he's like this is about me and my world and my problems and she keeps saying but I love you and like sorry, I own you, and I created you. Yeah. Sorry for trying to help. I guess I was just trying to be a good mm-hmm. person. I guess I did a terrible thing by saving you. And he's like, uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean. And so yeah, it goes back and forth, and they're both winning the who can make it more about me game. And then the the big reveal of she just finally snaps, and for the what third time, mm. says that she loves him, and it moves his heart. Yep. For once the third, third times the charm third times the charm <laughs> it was largely say. unfazed the first two times mm-hmm. but this is the one this is the one so she immediately disappears cuz you're not supposed to move Kang Cho's heart and when you do you end the episode so she disappears and they have the longest the lord of flashbacks in this song and their faces oh my just their gosh. faces it like like for a good minute it's flashing back and you kind of tolerate it because you, you start out yeah i remember this mm-hmm. and this is them leading up to this moment but it's a long lead up it's, it's a lot of flashbacks too long but then when the flashbacks end it's just her and her room and him in that room that he was fighting with her in, and over and over, now it's her, now it's him now it's her, now it's him, forever until and you die. That's kind of something with K-dramas, where they there's these really drawn out scenes, and you rarely get them at such length with my experience with American dramas, and so it's kind of nice, because it's very suspense building, it, it does that will they, won't they <laughs> and it gives you a minute to compose yourself, because you know, they can't just drop that moment. They've got to keep it, they've got to keep that moment going. And even to bring back the Kang Chul's headspace where he's got to think about what she just said especially in the context of him continually saying, I don't want to be saved. I don't even want to live anymore. And finally she gives him a good enough reason for doing what she did. Maybe, maybe he doesn't know if he loves her yet. He never says it, so how should we know? Yeah, but it does give her plenty of reason to save him, I guess. Aside from just the fact that she thought she was saving a human being who needed saving, regardless of what they wanted. And he's wearing this beautiful blue sailor suit the whole time. He's ready to go yachting. I really love. (laughs) It looks so good. (laughs) I just stared at his suit instead of his face. And when they finish, she pops back into the comic. And I think there's a moment somewhere in there, because I wrote it in my notes, where they flash to the hospital, and Mad Dog's yelling at the other doctors about not working hard enough. And Young ju is nowhere to be found because she's just living her life now. Right? Not a doctor. No longer a doctor. Oh, that's when she's in the prison cell. Mm. Thinking about how it's the best night of her life and she doesn't even care if she can't go back to being a doctor anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's a little bit like, well, yeah, obviously. You have given up on that. You don't care about your years of work to become, a, like, a heart surgeon who saves human lives, but it's fine. You do you. Care about what you want to care about. Care about King Chol, I guess. And that is all. Give, make him the only thing in your life that matters. And she does. She pops back into the comic, and they start making out, and it's really long again. Yep, and then they, not so much they, I guess King Chol and his lawyer... Decide to bust her out of prison by faking their marriage. Mm -hmm. And King Joel wears the beautiful checkerboard suit that I said was similar to the jean shirt with jeans where not many people could pull it off, but full black and white checker suit. And it's really good looking on him. Yeah. Slightly ridiculous. Really nice. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't necessarily, but it does. It just somehow does. At this time, the same time he's coordinating their fake real marriage, he also is coordinating his weird creepy robot romance. He's not a human. It's clear at this point. So I'm going to take a step back about our review podcast because we do a lot of summary of what's going on, but also there are obviously episodes we love more than others, and maybe we should have started this particular episode, episode 7, by just straight up saying it is not our favorite. Yeah, episode 7, even episode 8, I titled the episode worth skipping. I titled episode 7 the fan service episode. Oh yeah, that's a good one. It's that straight thing where it's about the last half of episode 7 and probably the first half of episode 8. But they're trying to give the fans what they want. Yeah, like especially those romance fans. They kind of step away from the storyline for a good full episode and just focus on this ridiculous, contrived romance. And do not get me wrong, I, I definitely love the romance aspect of K-dramas. I wouldn't love K-dramas if I didn't. Right. And I do. I love them. And I, I hope for stuff like this, but in little doses throughout the Mm K-drama where you can see the relationship building, but for some reason, they showered it into this episode in the most... I just think it's... I'm gonna be really blunt, because we're critiquing it, and I'm willing to be a little bit judgmental. In the most superfluous, disingenuous way, they Mm -hmm. just shower this weird romance. And part of it's funny. Like There were moments that kind of had me laughing. Like when he asks her to choose what kind of romance she'd like to have. So funny. Yeah, that cringy funny. Yeah, because she so has, uncomfortable. She has Do Yoon or he has go- Do Yoon go and ask her his bodyguard, which is weird. Yeah, weird choice. And he has to spell it out for her, and he's obviously not comfortable, and it's so bizarre but so funny. It's comical until they make it the rest of the episode. They take it so literally because mm-hmm. she chooses this sweet everyday romance, but he gets a book and he studies it, and it's oh, interesting. I hate the but it's an interesting to give it credit it's an interesting way to show that he has never stopped to consider anything like this and so mm. he's tackling it the same way he would tackle some, anything yeah something in his business or you know he's he's researching and taking it head on and i think that's supposed to be like sweet and romantic in its own right but for me it just that's where the disingenuous part comes in when mm. he has to try so hard to and they just go step by step through this weird little graphic novel about sweet things to do in relationships. Right. Where there's so many things that he could just be a normal person. And there's that moment where, is this the episode where she gets shot? No, I think that's the beginning of episode eight. Right. At the beginning of episode eight, she gets shot and you find out it's not real. And the moment he realizes he was just, it was a daydream, he goes and hugs her and that to me is such a genuine hug yeah it's stuff like that it's not the planned out we just want to see them doing cute things it's him Genuinely being so terrified because he just lost her he just watched her die because he was busy hashing out the aspects of how this murderer works mm-hmm. and then he has to kind of snap back because she walks in and this terrible event happens and he thinks he's just just watched her die right but so it, that to me is so much better than than what they do yeah so yeah let's should we jump to episode eight yeah let's just we've We've trashed episode 7 for long enough so it's probably good to yeah jump into episode 8. Something that kind of begins in episode 7 that travels into episode 8 that's worth mentioning like it starts in episode 7 is that Sohui is devastated by his fake marriage because she has loved him her whole life mm-hmm. and it's all her character was literally written for. So she has just lost her purpose and then we move into episode 8 and it begins with him hashing out the aspects of this murder and then uh, Yeonju gets shot but not really shot and then there's the whole i i honestly almost unless you had something important to say want to skip over the whole weird they go to a ball and dance scene that happens and it's it doesn't really fit in it's not worthwhile no it was worth skipping yeah like it's i don't know obviously it was fun for the actors and that's cool yeah but it was Too much fan service, I think. Yeah, it was just a lot. And then they turn out, it's a dream. And I wrote, it's already confusing enough between going between a comic book and the real world. And then you're going to add that there's dreams. And sometimes she gets shot, and sometimes it's a dream. And sometimes they go to a ball, and sometimes it's a dream. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's episode 8, the whole first half. And we get this third world that we have to deal with. The dream world. I guess we didn't skip over it, like I mentioned we might. But yeah, so that's something to, I guess, contend with in episode 8. And then we move in back into the real plot, which is cool. Yeah. I'm, and, re- I'm uh, ready for it. The unnamed assassin is getting closer and closer especially to Ju, which is terrifying for King Cho. But it's hilarious because he says, we can't go out anymore. We should We should lock ourselves <laughs> (laughs) in and stay in the house and she's so devastated we can't go to parties her top priority is (laughs) parties and then control and then living in that order in that order and they should not skip around so she can't go to parties what is she living for yeah she has some interesting reprioritization to do before Mm -hmm. we get into the main plot and I think after that is when they do the cooking scene, which is supposed to be another really cutesy, like, annoyingly superfluous scene. But it this one serves the purpose of her cutting her finger while they're while they're cooking together and starts to bleed. And for a second, you're just it it feels completely normal, and then King Chol is like, oh, no, <gasps> no. <laughs> ah, ah, get a doctor in here <laughs> he just has a panic attack uh-huh. and he forgets that his wife is a doctor yeah and she could probably fix a small finger cut with a bandaid but the real situation is that she's bleeding mm-hmm. which she previously was unable to do in the comic when she was in that world she was invulnerable yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So now it, which shocks Kangchol, which sends it back, and you kind of, I think we transition back to Sohui at that point who is drunk as hell. (laughs) She has gotten schlizzled. She's living the saddest life humanly possible. Oh. In her penthouse mansion. Her deep anguish is... I mean, it's so devastating. It's hard to watch. And then on top of it, she's out of her mind drunk and doesn't know what is up from down and all of a sudden she's literally disappearing because she serves no purpose in this world anymore. But it's so eerie because... It's not like when King Cho left, she is very much aware that she's disappearing. She has to watch herself in the mirror, and she's phasing out of her reality, and she doesn't know what to do, because... Obviously, like that alone is terrifying. But when you're drunk and you're not in your right mind and you're trying to get a grasp on reality and you're literally leaving reality, and so King Chul is rushing to her side, not knowing exactly what's going on, and Ye- uh, Yeonju is back in the real world, finding out that she's being pursued by the the murderer who the is the culprit. The culprit. That's, that's what they what were they f- call it. Yeah, and he's in her world. So crazy. Oh. I think that's one of the best plots. Hot twists. Yeah, because you show. don't, you do not expect that, because he's talking to them from the real world, but he he then starts, like, just popping around. He's fine. Yeah. To go anywhere, do anything, and he's murdering people left and right, and... I was so afraid for Subong because he yeah. is there, and he's trying to get them out of there. He doesn't really realize the urgency of the situation, to be fair, no. but then there's the murderer pointing mm-hmm. a gun at them, and I, I honestly, my first time through this, I that he was a goner I was like they could continue it without him and I would be devastated yeah I would be so sad but he's a secondary character so they could do it and hurt us all yep and what's stopping them mm-hmm. but they don't yay the the culprit shoots Yeonju and she disappears the moment the bullet is about to put a hole through her forehead as the culprit likes to say yeah and she- which is a interesting way to say I'm gonna kill you but whatever <laughs> He's an interesting man, I suppose <laughs> And yeah, she jumps back into the comic And is with Kang Chol in the car on the way to So Kui's house The least welcoming place for her Right, because she has literally taken Sokui's so office. purpose mm-hmm. And it's a little insensitive to show up to her house with King Chol, and then King Chol, knowing that that's insensitive, somehow he became the one with the social skills. <laughs> Says, "Could you please stay here?" Obviously, that doesn't. Well, before they even get into the house, it does a flashback of Subong being the creepiest creep Ew. alive. He is obsessed with Sohui, apparently, oh. and inputs all of a lot of the aspects of his life into her life and makes out with this creepy doll version of her. I don't. It's really too much. I wish that wasn't part of it. I guess that's an interesting addition to show that he's a fanboy. And I kind of like that. And it gives Subong more of a character. Like, he couldn't just be perfect like we wanted. Yeah. He had to be a little weird, Mm -hmm. a little hard to take. So he was the worst scene for me. And he told Yeonju the password to Sohui's house, which is how they get in. And Kang Chul tells her to wait by the door. Which she doesn't. Which she doesn't. But it's fine because she goes in, and Kang Chul, being a good friend and a bad husband, is like, it's just a fake marriage. Like, I don't even like her. I honestly expected that to phase Yeonju the first time I watched it. I expected her to be furious with him and be like, what even am I to you? Yeah. Because I don't know which you to believe. You think that's going to be a point of conflict where at the beginning of the show, he'd say, you're so good looking, and then behind her back say, if she's a baby, anyone can be. Right. So you think she would say, what is happening? Which one of you is right here? I just need to she's know. She's the only one who said I love you at this point, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. He's just been like, here's, here's my creepy book I bought. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be romantic. But who knows what love is? Who knows what love is maybe I love Sohui. Maybe I tell her that right now. And it's really sad and And I think you did the right thing. And right. I mean I'm not saying you did the wrong thing. I just feel like even when you're doing the right thing, maybe there should be a point of conflict because it's not the first time you've done it and right. it your words matter. Either yeah. way, regardless of whether it was the right thing or not. But I guess Yonji doesn't care as much as this. So no, she's better at forgiving and forgetting, mm-hmm. which she immediately does. But he is able to save Sohui from completely disappearing from the comic book. But this is a huge conflict for him, which leads him them to the rooftop scene, which is one of the craziest cliffhangers. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait for the next couple of episodes, because this is something that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Um. He asks Yeonju to go back before they even really met. I guess technically they met on the rooftop, which is where she goes back to. Yeah, that was a point of conflict for me. He asks her to make it all a dream. Yeah, which I guess she could write in that he didn't even remember her. That's fair. Like, he remembers nothing. He just wakes up in the hospital. And I guess maybe he wanted that stabbing with the culprit to have happened, because that's the first time the culprit has popped up in his life in, like, 10 years. And he needs to continually chase this thing that doesn't really exist. But you would think he would just say, write it as a dream before I ever had contact with Jinju. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't. But he doesn't. He wakes up in the hospital. And he, he, she does. He gets to live his nice life not remembering her. And she has to live this life where she fell in love with this person who literally doesn't remember anything about any of their time together at any point. It is. Yeah, so the next few episodes are probably gonna be hard Yeah, well, we can go into those as they come up I I am, like I said, really looking forward to them, so just so you know not all episodes will be Raquel sitting there, taking a dump on them <laughs> <laughs> Gross, sorry. Especially hating <laughs> Kang Cho with, with our words Yeah. Hopefully he gets better Yeah. Just kidding, we know he does. Yeah, because we wouldn't have stuck with it to the end Yeah. This show is just so, so good yeah and these these episodes for sure are kind of hard harder ones to get through especially now having seen them before i imagine through fresh eyes they're a lot better i hope so i hope you guys that are both listening to this and watching the show are enjoying it so far both both aspects because it's awesome to do and we get pretty critical here so hopefully you know how much we love it yeah and also that you can see why we love it so keep watching those next four episodes and come back and listen to our next episode which will be episodes nine through 12 11 12? Well, i don't know how math. to math 9 10 11 and 12 12 9 through 12 all right Just watch four of them. That's what we're going to (laughs) do. We're doing a great job with watching four each. Yeah, and don't forget to like and comment and subscribe and email us. Yeah, our email is layonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can let us know if there's anything you disagreed with in our podcast or anything you did agree with. Let us know what, what we're doing right and what you really like. Let us know if you feel like we said something that you could you could debate against. Yeah. Let us know either in email or at our website, playonk.com, and we will see you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.